Welcome to the Self-Care Spotlight. I'm your host, Alyssa Cousins, and I'm inviting you to a lifestyle, a way of being, where taking care of yourself is everything from yoga to doing work that you love. Through my solo episodes and interviews with inspiring women who are just as likely to meditate as they are to curse. The goal of this podcast is to empower you to make space for you and your self-care and live your most radiant, aligned life. Are you with me? Hello, hello. Before we get into this week's podcast episode, I wanted to take a moment here to bring to your attention the fact that this episode is going to be a part of a new series that I am calling Soulful Science. So this series never done a series before, but this series is kind of an experiment. I am currently reading a new book which has got me hooked on this idea of better understanding our brains in order to live our best, most aligned, spacious lives. So that is exactly what these Soulful Science episodes are going to intend to do for you. They're going to hopefully inspire you to nerd out a little bit with me on the brain without going super far down into neuroscience land where we get bored and we don't understand and it's above our heads. I'm an average person just like you, meaning I understand this brain talk most likely on the same level that pretty much all of you guys do. So I am going to do my best to share what I am learning about the brain and break it down for you in a really real, tangible way that you can relate to your own life. So this is going to be called the Soulful Science Series. This is the first episode. I have no intentions or really like idea of how long this you know series is going to last or how many episodes I'm going to have. Maybe I'll have some guests come on and talk about um, the brain from a more professional perspective perspective, not just like a me perspective that's super, you know, not a professional. So I really hope that you enjoy this. The idea is that we are going to merge a little bit of soul meets science to live your best life. And I wanted this to feel super approachable, so I decided uh, to call it soulful science. And ultimately, you know, this is, let me be very clear. I am not saying I'm an expert. I'm not saying that by any means I'm an expert on the brain or neuroscience. I am simply a woman who has a new obsession with better understanding these big, beautiful, powerful, amazing brains that we have in our head and how we can maximize our understanding of them, therefore maximizing our lives and overcoming our fears and anything that holds us back. With that, let's go ahead and get into today's first Soulful Science episode. I hope that you love it and I would love to hear your feedback. Hey guys, and welcome back to another podcast episode here at the Self-Care Spotlight. Today is a solo episode, meaning that it is just me and the mic. I do not have a guest with me today. 
And today we are going to be, or I should say I am going to be piggybacking off of last week's conversation with Jenna Fay. Last week I was talking to Jenna all about wake-up calls and course correcting your life, pivoting your life, i.e. making a change, changing the direction of your life. And, you know, inherently what comes out of that conversation is that when you do that, when you change direction, when you pivot your life, you're going to go through a transitional period where you're in one stage of your life and you're moving to another stage of your life. Jenna, you know, we talked a lot about the example of career. That's a very simple, easy example to understand. When you're in one career, say your nine to five job, and you want to work for yourself, there's going to be perhaps a very long transition time where you have to go from that place that you're in at the corporate job to get to where you want to be, which is completely working for yourself. You know, for many of us, me included, that takes years to get to one point to the other. There's this really long extended transition period that we that we go through. And, you know, I think that the transition periods, I think that they are often overlooked. And here's why. So we always hear people talk about rock bottom moments as turning points that are filled with these countless life lessons. And while I think that that is incredibly true, you know, even looking at episode 66 with Denine Marlette Joyner that we just had on the podcast, talking about her dark night of the soul. We've had so many other people on the podcast talk about their rock bottom moments. I've talked about my rock bottom moments and how so often that those are, you know, points in our lives where we have to course correct and pivot. Yes, I 100% agree, of course, that is very valid. There's so many life lessons when you're in those dark, dark places and you're at your rock rock bottom and you can only go up from there. Absolutely, 100% agree. But today, for this conversation, I want to zoom in on that topic of transitions and I want to offer you something a bit different today. I want to offer you the lessons that I have found in the in-between, in the transitions of life. I want to offer you the lessons of the in-between, the lessons of the transitions of your life. I think that transitions just often get overlooked because, you know, it's, it's, not, the, it's not the worst. It's not the worst of times and it's not the best of times. It's, it's the, in the middle. But I think that for many of us, just like how life has all of these in-between moments, and you know, they even, you know, think about it with like love songs or love quotes. Then people always say, you know, it's not just about being with someone during the best of times, but like what about, and not even at the worst of times. Yes, you need someone that can be with you when you're at your worst and that can handle you also when you're at your best and can and can hold space for you to thrive and not thrive. But you hear those cute little quotes about you need someone that's with you just for the day-to-day, that is going to be with you during the the mundane, the routine, the the transition in between moments that happen all throughout your day, all throughout your life, when it's not a low, low, and it's not a high, high, right? So I think of this in a very similar way, that there's so much to be learned in the transitions, in the in-between stages that you're going to come across in your life again and again and again, if you are willing to zoom in and really see and reflect and look at what the transitions have taught you 
and what they have taught you about yourself. And as a second part to this episode, we're going to finish the conversation with talking about why uncertainty, which is inherent in transition, why uncertainty is so hard for us as humans literally looking at a little bit of like soul meets the brain. Why is uncertainty so challenging, so tough? We're going to look at that and try to better understand so that we can ease up on ourselves and also know that we do have the ability to change the way that our that our brain, the way that whatever we've been taught about uncertainty and about going against, you know, going against the grain or stepping outside the box, we have the ability to retrain how we approach uncertainty and stepping outside the box and doing things that we believe are going to bring us the most joy, even if they don't stay in the box of what we know. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get started. Okay, so today we are jamming on transitions, and I want to start with yoga. (laughs) So I will often tell people in a yoga class that a true reflection of your grace and your strength and your control in your practice can be seen in the in-between, from moving from one asana, a.k.a. pose, to the next. In other words, in the transitions. I'm kind of here to tell you today that I think that this is exactly true of life. Right? I think that so much of a, a testament to your grace, your strength, and your control as a human being dealing with moving from one place of your life to the next and how you handle or how well you don't handle the transitions says a lot about you as a person and maybe what you have to learn or what you could learn. So that's my metaphor and I'm going to work with that metaphor throughout this entire episode today. I'm going to continue with that. So Let me start here kind of pulling out, okay, I said grace, strength, control. What do I mean by control? I want, I want you to know I'm saying control like right now in air quotes. I'm making a little air quotes with my hands. Control in air quotes. I don't mean the kind of control where I think I'm in control of my life because we all know that while we can prepare and plan and dream, and those are all good things, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, right? Like we we know this. Again, like how many quotes are out there? Like you don't know if, you know, what could happen tomorrow. So we don't really have necessarily control of our life. We can plan, we can dream, prepare, all the things, but we don't have full control, right? Okay, we know this. The control that I am talking about 
for these purposes, you know, controlling, say, like controlling the movement, say, in the yoga class, moving from one pose to the next, not being sloppy jalopy all over the place, thumping into a pose, landing hard, controlling it with grace and strength. So that's like in a yoga class with the transitions. In life, the control that I'm relating it to, the control I am talking about is the calm within the chaos, the intentional in the action, okay? Transitions, they are filled with uncertainty. Transitional periods of your life are naturally filled with uncertainty. But just because life may be feeling chaotic around you and you don't know where you're exactly going, like you have an idea. Again, you might have a plan. You might have some dreams. You might prepare. You're taking actions. But those transitional periods, you don't 100% really know where you're going to end up. So in that way, it's uncertain. It might feel, therefore, chaotic. But it doesn't mean that you have to feel that way. You don't have to feel chaotic internally. You get to choose how you feel, right? You know, I once had this conversation with a client who's now a really good friend of mine. We're no longer working together in that relationship anymore um, as a client and a coach, but now we're just friends. And I remember her saying, like, you know, my life is chaotic. Like, is that a bad thing? And I'm like, well, no, like, how are you feeling? She's like, well, I feel good. Like, I don't feel chaotic, but my life is chaotic. If I if I really let it get to me, then yes, I feel that way. But if I don't and I'm just like, yeah, I'm good, then I'm fine. And I remember saying to her, you can be calm in the chaos, something along those lines. And I remember she got that, like, it just clicked. And she thought, I, wow, I remember her being like, oh, I get that. Like, I can feel that is truth. Like, my soul totally is picking up like, oh, yeah, that is true. You can be calm in the chaos. You get to choose how you feel about a situation. You might have a very, you know, I don't like the word busy, but you might have a lot going on around you. But that doesn't mean internally that you cannot feel, here's my word, spacious, right? You get to choose how you feel. You can feel calm and spacious on the inside, even if you have a lot going on on the outside. This is really what my whole Making Space mentorship, you know, that that I am working right now with my fall 2018 clients. I'll have a new set coming up, ready for 2019. January and February, I'll have five new spots available. That's like a, a large chunk of what that mentorship is about is internal space. Yes, external space is great. Yes, you know, all of the, you know, the minimalism and all the things that, yes, I do believe that external chaos like can create internal chaos, but it's choosing. It's a choice. How do you feel when you have a lot going on? I have a lot going on right now. I have a podcast. I have yoga that I teach both in person in Pittsburgh and online with my membership. I have the membership. I have clients. 
I have the journal deck. I have a lot of pieces, moving pieces. Lori Harder, even, I remember I had her back on the podcast in season one. That was a great episode. And she said the same thing. Like, I can have a lot going on, but I don't have to internalize all of that. As long as I feel like I am in alignment and I am at peace on the inside, then I can have all of these moving parts around me and I'm good. So there's that piece of the puzzle. Transitions have uncertainty, which can make us feel chaotic, but it doesn't mean that you have to feel that way on the inside as you're moving through the in-between phases. Truthfully, if there is anything that is true about life, and you know, this is stated right in the Four Noble um, Truths of Buddhism, there is actually a a great new book out. This made me think about it. I'll put this in the show notes just because it's really good. Slight side note. There's a great book. I think it's something, The Four Noble Truths of Love or something like that. It's by, I believe her name is Susan Piver. And she relates The Four Noble Truths of Buddhism. Um, like that, like life is suffering. Life, in, you know, that like life is always changing. Nothing is constant. All those kinds of things. She relates it to relationships and love. And it just blew my whole mind. <laughs> Totally good. I'll uh, put that in the show notes for you guys to listen to. It's about relationships. So if there's anything that's true about life, it's that it's always changing, right? This is stated in one of the Four Noble Truths of Buddhism. And because of this fact, we suffer. Why we suffer is because we expect things not to change. When in reality, that's the only constant of, of life is that Nothing stays the same. Nothing is really constant. Everything is always changing. Always. So we suffer, according to Buddhism, because we try to, like, we try to fight that, 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 that truth of life. That nothing stays the same. That nothing is constant. You know... We ourselves, every time you wake up, your cells are different, you are older, you're different. So in the transitions, the reason I'm saying it might feel chaotic on the outside, it might look that way because you don't know where you're going. There's, you know, take some, take some heart in knowing that That's okay. That nothing of life is really constant and, you know, never changing. That's just not true. Everything changes. You know, this too shall pass. Like, we have all of these sayings, like, that nothing is going to stay the same forever. Because it won't. That's truth. So... Why then, whenever we're transitioning, when we're in between big, you know, chunks of our lives and we're in the in-between moments of going from one place to another and we're feeling a lot of, you know, a lot of us will feel anxiety in that uncertainty. Oh my God, like where, you know, but where am I going to end up? Am I going to be okay? Like all these things, these, yes, these natural feelings come up, but they don't have to. If you can remember Number one, there's a huge level of trust in a higher power, but also this feeling that, you know, this is life. Life is always going to be in flux. 
nothing's ever going to remain always the same. So right now I'm just in transition and it's uncertain and maybe chaotic and that's okay. But I don't have to internalize that feeling because this is just life and life is always changing and I am okay, right? The only way that you're going to start to not feel okay is if you let yourself internalize all of that chaos and then what's happening is you're going to get into that cortisol level you're no longer going to be in that serotonin level of being like okay I'm calm and I know that my resources are going to be met versus when cortisol kicks in and we start to get the stress hormone in the transitional periods and we're thinking that's what our brain is like it's thinking my needs are not going to be met I'm not going to survive I'm not going to be okay that's like what your animal brain is thinking but if we cannot internalize that chaos and we can just accept that this is life life is kind of chaos you know life we came into the you know the, the big the big bang theory you know, kind of states that like literally we, the, the planet came into existence through chaos, through massive chaos and change and flux. So when we're in those in-between periods of life, why, why expect that it's going to be anything but that? Of course it's uncertain. Of course. You don't know where you're going to end up. That doesn't mean that you won't be okay. We don't have to internalize that. So that's something to remember in those times. So the question then is like, you know, how do we really learn to accept these innate shifts and move through them with more grace and less angst? Let's go back to yoga. Let's go back to yoga again. Let me paint this picture for you of yoga class. When I'm moving from, say, Kamatrasana, aka wild thing pose, and I'm moving into low lunge from that posture, I'm breathing through the movement, through the transition. I'm not holding my breath. I'm aiming to be as strong and graceful as possible, knowing that the ground is there, knowing that I'm going to make it to the ground. I'm trying to move as gracefully as possible to land lightly to the ground and find my footing. Okay, so you can see that wild thing. The leg is coming up and up and up and around. The leg lands on the ground light exhale we land in the posture we're now in a low lunge you know you'll often hear teachers say land light or I shouldn't hear you I shouldn't hear a thump like when you jump forward or whenever the the foot comes down from wild thing and drops down into the low lunge you're trying not to thud onto the ground and like really hear it land light it's the same as life right exactly the same. I love taking yoga off the mat and putting it into life. Again, like I loved Andrea Markham's book. Um, we had her on the podcast a while back. I'll put that book in the show notes as well. Um, 
because she talks so much about yoga lessons off the mat, putting them into your life. This right here is a great example. Your life is the same as that is that movement of the transition. You need to breathe through life's transitions. Don't hold your breath. It doesn't help you in yoga, say, in a balanced pose, and it's not going to help you in life. You're more likely to fall out of a pose if you're holding your breath or if you're fighting the pose. Same as life. You're more likely to, I guess, fall flat on your face if you're not breathing through it, if you're not... I'm okay. I am uncertain, but I am okay. I will be okay. Or if you're fighting, like you're in an uphill battle every step of the way. So go with the pose. Go with the natural sway of the balanced posture. Like when you're in tree pose and you feel weeble wobbly, but you, you know, you're like, you'll hear teachers say like, be like the tree. A tree naturally sways. It moves in the wind, but yet it's very rooted. Go with the natural sway of the balance posture, with the fluctuations of life, if you will. Breathe. You know, you're, you're getting there. You're okay. You're in between, and in between is scary. It's unknown. And think if your life is that top foot, whenever you're starting from wild thing and you're pulling it around, putting it down into low lunge, if your life is that top foot, Go with me here. If your life is your top foot that's spinning around, then you're about to plant your foot into uncertainty, if, if you will. Think about it like life. When you're going from one pose, imagine that's one area of your, like one normal stage of your life that you're used to. And then as you're transitioning, the leg is coming up and up and up. That's that in-between period, in-between, 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 in-between. You know that your foot is going to plant. And it's going towards something that's uncertain, towards the low lunge, the next pose, a.k.a. the next stage of your life. And you don't exactly know what that holds, right? But you know that you want to get there, but you don't know all the answers. You can't know all the answers. We, we don't, we're not a fortune teller here. But just because it's unknown doesn't mean that you have to, again, feel that way on the inside. As I said, you don't have to. You can, in those transitional moments, like in yoga, you're remaining graceful, you're strong, even if you're kind of stumbling a little bit into the poles, even if it's not perfect, even if your arm is wiggling and weeble wobbling a little bit because the muscles are firing and working, that's okay. You're firing those muscles. You're using as much control as you have to land with grace and strength into that next pose, i.e. into that next chapter phase of your life. Look at yourself. I'm asking you to look at yourself and to ask yourself, just like that yoga pulse, think of transitions in your life. And I want you to, A, think of transitions when you didn't handle it so well and what were your dominant thoughts versus 
when were you in a transition where it did go well and you felt good when you were in that transition? What were your dominant thoughts in that in-between space? And kind of part two of that introspection is what did you learn about yourself in those transitional moments? And what did you learn about about life? What did you learn about life and what did you learn about yourself in those in-between moments? I think taking a look at yourself and having a moment with your journal to really think and introspect and kind of get that zoom out look of, okay, how have I handled transitions? Or, you know, if it helps you, how do you handle them even, say, in a yoga class? I bet most of you listening to this have done yoga. Just like how I said, you know, a true testament to your grace and your strength in your practice is seen in your the way that you transition from one asana to the next, you know, I really think it's the same of life. How do you handle those transitions in your yoga practice? You know, are you really kind of, for lack of a better term, are you sloppy? Do you rush through them? Do you only use momentum to get through them? Do you push through them? Do you kind of, you know, push through them so that you land hard or into the next pose? Or can you land soft and light and with control? That's a great metaphor to look at. And that might be mirroring, I think Andrea Markham even says that, it might be, you know, the way that you, your style maybe of yoga, that might really mirror how you go about your life. So your way of going about transitions in, say, your yoga practice, maybe that's mirroring how you transition in your life. Again, are you pushing? Are you using momentum? Are you landing light? Are you trying to control the movement? Are you trying to give yourself grace as you go through it? And even if it's not perfect, you're doing your best and you're breathing and you're not holding the breath and you know that you're going to get there and you know that you're going to, it's going to be okay, even if it's not perfect. You know, is your yoga practice in that way, is it mirroring how you're acting in your life? through life's transitions, through life's changes, through life's gray areas and life's uncertainties. Um, I think that that's a really cool reflection to take to your journal or really sit and think about, especially if you are, in fact, someone who practices yoga a lot, like myself. Um, And again, it seems like a lot of my target audience is very much into yoga, so I think that you'll get this. Think about that. Think about those lessons of the transitional movements from the mat, off the mat, and how much strength and grace, how much soft and fierce you are bringing into your practice and then also bringing into your life. So let's transition from, speaking of transitions, (laughs) let's transition into talking a bit more now. So that was really about like, you know, learning about the the true strength and grace of your transitions, how you handle them, and the lessons that are there and what you can learn about yourself and life. Now let's talk a bit more about why is uncertainty, which is inherent in transitional in-between moments, why is uncertainty so hard for us, 
we're going to take a little bit of a deeper look at our human brain and how it's not really wired to love uncertainty and maybe you can give yourself a little bit of grace for why it's so stinking hard to deal with. Let me like nerd out with you for a second because I've been really nerding out on this 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 book I've been reading, Habits of a Happy Brain, and it's really just gotten me thinking so much about the brain. So our brains, they're not really wired so well for uncertainty in the sense that that's why our cortex, which as um, humans, we have the largest cortex, which stores all of our life's experiences, like a giant filing cabinet. This cabinet, this is like why we're more evolved, the most evolved of all of the animals on the chain here. We have the biggest cortex compared to say like a little lizard brain, right? So we have this really big cortex that's holding all of our life's experiences. Like imagine it like a big filing cabinet and like a memory, a moment happens, it puts it in the filing cabinet from the time you were born until now. And from zero to seven, that's like the most critical time of your life. You may have heard that before where you're just the sponge and then you're drawing from all of those file cabinets of information. You're drawing from all of your life experiences. That's what your brain is doing, whether you realize it or not, to try and understand what is going on around you. It's thinking, is this good or is this bad? It's connecting it with whatever hormones, whether they were quote unquote good hormones, like excuse me, hormones like happy hormones or whether they were negative connotation hormones like stress or sadness or anger. And it's relating those from your limbic system, stay with me, relating those, whatever hormones got ejected at that moment with that memory and it's attaching them to that memory and putting that memory then with those hormones into your file cabinet. And it's going to pull on them when it is in an experience to try and say, Is this good or is this bad? Should I do that? Should I not do that? That's what your brain is always doing to try and determine if you should do something or if you shouldn't do something. So that's why when you're, you know, say a person with who's got bit by a dog when they were little, therefore their memory is very strong that connects, you know, connects dog to pain And therefore, that filing cabinet memory is bad. Therefore, I avoid dogs as an adult, right? Like, not me, but I'm just saying as an example, there you go. So what I mean when I say our brains are not hardwired very well for that uncertainty, it's because it's always trying to make connections. It's always trying to pull from your file cabinet of your cortex to see what can I relate this to? To know if this is a good move or a bad move. Should I do this? Should I not do this? Is this going to be good for me? Is this going to be bad for me? Happy or sad? Right? So in that way, if it's very uncertain, say no one in your family has ever worked for themselves like me. I had never seen anyone in my family do what I wanted to do. Certainly no one was a yoga instructor. I've talked about this before. My parents had very black and white jaws. My mom was a nurse. My dad, you know, was like your firefighter, your paramedic, your cop, like all of the things. 
you know, no one in my family really stepped outside the box. My sister was a teacher, you know, like all of these things. So for me to say, I'm going to quit grad school and I'm going to have a yoga career, I had to completely rewire what I knew to be true. And I had to, that's why it was the hard, that transition was hard because you're, you're trying to rewire what you know. Does that make sense? Your brain is trying to make connections for something that it can't really relate to because it's never seen it done. It doesn't have proof, which is why then you you know, people will say, well, I'll start, start following people that, you know, if you don't have them in your immediate friends or family, then start following blogs, start listening to podcasts, start finding people on Instagram that you can look up to that can give you evidence, can give your brain evidence that this can be done. Does that make sense? You with me? So when we're in transitional periods, especially when we're going into uncharted territory, a large reason that it's so hard is because that uncertainty factor, our brain, we are rewiring neural pathways to try and say this is going to be new uncharted territory and we're, we're firing all of these, literally these new neural pathways, these new experiences we're researching yoga certifications. We're, you know, we're, every step of the way that I, for me, as an example, I can draw the best from my own life. Every step for me leaving grad school until where I am now has been this giant learning curve of having to continually um, figure it out. And I wasn't drawing off of experience because I didn't know how to start a podcast. I didn't know how to land my first yoga class. All of these things. Nobody could really, in my family especially, or even my immediate friends at the time, could tell me how to do those things. And so it's hard. Those transitions are difficult. They're, they're going to challenge you because your brain doesn't have anything to draw from. Right? I think that that makes sense. If it doesn't have anything to draw from, it's like you're starting from scratch. Think of it like that. So naturally, it's going to feel challenging. That doesn't mean it's bad. It's just that you're rewriting a new way of being, right? Okay, so if you're moving into this uncharted land and your brain doesn't have anything to draw on, you might naturally feel scared. But... At the end of the day, this is what you have to remember. You can't build new experiences. You can't get to new places in your life unless you try. There's some, what's that quote, another quote that's out there like, you know, you, if, if you don't, you'll never know unless you try. You'll never be able to get to that next level if you stay at the level that you're at yet that you are at unless you try you will never build your filing cabinet of life experiences that step outside the box unless you let yourself kind of weeble wobble and you know do it as gracefully as you can and stumble and 
be strong at the same time as you continue into the next pose, aka the next chapter of your life, right? You can't know unless you go for it. You can't learn a new way of being unless you attempt to create that new way of being. You just can't. You really, really can't. I know you've heard that. Hopefully this makes more sense now if you think of it on this literal level of your brain. You have to be willing to be bold. You have to be willing to go through those tough transitions where literally you're rewiring is the best way that it can be said. The brain is amazing and it's always doing its best. But when you're in those transitional moments in between going from where you are to where you want to be, a large reason it's so scary is because it's uncertain. And we, you know, I forget that there's certain, was it, who was it? Was it Tony Robbins? I'm not sure that there's some people that are a little bit better at uncertainty than others. I'm better at it compared to Brad. That's something in our personalities, you know, I'm ENFP. I think it even says something about that in the Myers-Briggs versus I think he's ESF, ESFJ, I think. And I just, he likes things more black and white. I'm more comfortable with gray. I'm more comfortable with that space. So for some of us, this is naturally going to feel a little bit easier. And then for others of us, this is going to feel really hard, these transitional moments, you know, for whatever reason. And I don't have all the answers for that, but some of us maybe we're hardwired a little bit more apt to deal with this because of the way our personalities are versus others of us like Brad maybe wouldn't do so great. And he's, I think, even said that before. Like, I couldn't do what you do. There's so much uncertainty there. There's so much that is just unknown that I wouldn't feel comfortable. And for me, it just comes a little bit more naturally. But maybe, just maybe, if you can remember that I... As an example, again, I can draw from me the best. I was not always this way. So this just goes to prove that you really can (laughs) teach an old dog new tricks. You can. Um, You know, I wasn't this way. I was very like type A school was everything. I'm going to do this, this, and this, all the check boxes. And then all of a sudden I had my awakening moment where huge course correction and I quit grad school and changed my whole life and my career path. So that was like the start of me beginning to take all of these baby steps to get where I am now. And now it's very, it, I don't say very easy, but it's pretty easy. It feels like ease. It's not super strenuous or arduous for me to embark on trying new things. For me to say, why not just see it? You know, let's do this journal deck thing or let's do this mentorship thing or let's start a podcast Let's make a journal. We've never done it before. We could figure it out. Um, That's a muscle. That's a muscle. Just like course correcting, I say, is a muscle. You know, transitioning and, and, and being willing to play with spaces where you don't have all of the answers, where you have an idea of where you are and you know where you want to go, um, that's a muscle. 
getting good at those transitions and saying, I don't have all the answers. I don't know exactly what this is going to look like or where I'm going to end up, but I'm going to go for it. That is a muscle. Really, it truly is. And you get better at it. I was not this way. When I first started trying to, as I'm saying, rewire my brain to make these new neural pathways, every single step along the way, I had to try to override old ones Everything that I was ever taught that said, you have to do it this way because this is what is, this is what is normal. Therefore, this is what is right. This is what you should do. Look at your family. Look at your mom. Look at your dad. Look, this is all this evidence. Look around you. These people, these core people in your life, this is how it's done, Alyssa. So why are you fighting it? Your brain is like, you're, it almost feels like you're threatening its survival because this is what it understands. Right? So if you think of it in that way, your brain is kind of fighting it because it's saying, whoa now, we don't understand this. Why are you trying to switch everything? So in that way, if you can see it from that perspective, I got better at it too and so can you. I got better at being uncomfortable in those gray areas, in the transitional periods of life with uncertainty and I think that that's a muscle. I think that's a neural pathway. That's a way of being. You can have a little bit of soul and a little bit of science here. That's a way of being that you can retrain your brain to get better at. And now I'm here and is it, it's, I can tell you that it's gotten so much easier. If I look back at myself to how I used to be, I can't, I never would have been able to tell you that this would be my life because I'd have been like, nope, I am not that bold to do all of those things. Like we got to do X, Y, and Z. And I'm here to say that, you know, life in the gray in-betweens, life in the transitions, life in uncertainty, it doesn't have to be so bad. And it can be rather exciting along the way. And you'll learn a lot about yourself and how graceful you can be through uncertainty and how much strength that you can find and how much you can learn about yourself as a person in those in-between moments and the lessons of life and being okay with one of the number one (laughs) rules of life, which is that nothing stays forever. Nothing is always the same. Nothing is truly unchanging. So (sighs) thank you guys so much for listening to this other episode here of the self-care spotlight. And I hope that this helps you to feel more ease around those moments, those in-betweens, the gray areas, the uncertainty, and reminds you that you're going to be okay. And that this is life. Life is always changing. Always, always, and always. You have a choice in how you feel about it. And you have the ability to rewrite what you've been taught, what you've been told. You have the ability to make big changes in your life 
and move through all of the changes of life with grace and strength according to what makes you truly happy. Thank you for listening. And if you want to share this episode with a friend, someone who needs to hear this message, someone that maybe they're in the thick of a transition of their life or they're dealing with a lot of uncertainty in their life, please share this with them and let them uh, let them soak in this, this goodness and remember that they've got this. They have got this. If you would be so inclined to want to leave us a review on iTunes, that would make me so very happy. And bonus, if you do that and you take a screenshot of your review and email it to me, Cousins at gmail.com. You can also find my email right in my Instagram at Cousins or on the website alyssacousins.com. Cousins is spelled K-U-Z-I-N-S. If you do the review, take a screenshot and send it in to me via email. I will send you a free 50-minute yoga class. It's a vinyasa yoga class with me as your teacher. There is no opt-in. There's no giving me your email. All I need is a screenshot of that review and you get a free 50-minute full-length vinyasa yoga class with yours truly in return. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day.